0: My name is Stuart Russell, uh, the writer, creator and narrator of The Nud Owl. And this is a special podcast episode where I'm in conversation with my wonderful collaborators, composer Peter Baumann and illustrator Gabrielle Gakite. Gabby, first I wanted to talk to you because um, this is quite special because we've not actually spoken in person yet. When I first sent you this idea for The Nud Owl, I, I want to know what you thought because it was a bit of a crazy concept when, <laughs> when I pitched it.
1: Yeah, well, I was very, very surprised to receive this pitch, but I enjoyed it very much. Like, I found it very interesting straight away uh, because I could connect to the concept of multiverses and such. I really enjoyed that idea. Also, the concept of for the nut owl, just one visual detail that you sent me the gourd carving of a really tiny and cute owl <laughs> it just reminded me so much of. Lithuanian folklore for some reason so it felt like really close to my heart.
0: And that's where you're from isn't it Lithuania?
1: Yeah so I'm originally from Lithuania. I live in Edinburgh now. been living here for almost four years and so far enjoying it very much.
0: Brilliant and um, just tell everyone what sort of artwork you do and what your style is.
1: I do illustrations and mostly work in a black and white style these days. Uh, I guess that comes from my education in printmaking I'm trying to draw automatically, which is when you just pick up a pencil and draw whatever comes to mind. And then I just fill it in in these bold, contrasting black and white shapes. And uh, I mostly draw nature and cute goblins, plants, stars. That's really what it is for me now.
0: (laughs) Um, so did you have like a favourite drawing that you did or d- is there one that sticks out for you?
1: I guess my favourite one is the first illustration I did because this is where I initially got to meet the nut owl on paper while I was drawing it and developing the illustration. So I guess it's, it's just the first one.
0: The nut owl is carved of magic, birthed from the artist's not mind. And light from the tree pours over the owl's essence like amber sap. And as it bathes in creation, the artist dissipates. It was really interesting for me because I'd had these characters in my head for so long. And so to have you visualise them so well, I thought that I was just really amazed that you managed to capture it. Um, And it was Mm. exactly what it looked like in my head and the worlds that they were in and everything. So thanks for that. (laughs)
1: I'm really happy that it was something that you envisioned.
0: Absolutely. And um, Peter Bowman, you do the music. I want to know if, when you were doing the music, if you pulled from the writing only, or was it, or, or was there any of the visuals that you saw that helped you on that journey to making um, the music?
2: Yes, I mean every episode. I think I ended up going back to the artwork. I remember when we first spoke, one of the first things I asked you, particularly about the sound design, was how do I, you know, what what kind of sound world are you wanting to create? Uh, very kindly, you gave me quite a bit of flexibility on that. You kind of said, go off and go off and come up with something. And uh, hopefully you liked what that was, but certainly initially I remember asking you, you know, is, is this A, a nut, or is it an actual owl that, you know, what, what is this creature that we're describing, and, and what noise does it make? So for a podcast, obviously, I wanted to try and bring this character to life, but actually I think the conclusion from those conversations were that it doesn't make any noise, which as a sound designer is both an interesting challenge and also um, how do I convey this journey that this character's going on that doesn't make any sound? Yeah, um, so it,
0: it, it was the idea of these creatures. They they don't really have a voice. Yeah, everything's sort of internal. Because
2: um, originally, I think I was thinking, you know, does it have any vocalizations? Does it? You were quite clear from the beginning that it's it's not a, a living being in that sense. So the artwork was integral, kind of to to how I then went off and interpreted the uh, the sound and the music. Um, so looking at the character designs as well as the you know the the monsters later on and the the giants and stars everything from how how I then interpreted that into the sound and the music was uh, through the artwork as much as it was through the the words that you'd written which uh, both took obviously a fair bit of interpreting but um, I think the three of them
0: all came together quite nicely. When I was doing the music, I'd never worked with music that much. It was mostly speech I'd done, so I was like, I really don't know how to describe what i want <laughs> so um uh, gabby how did you find that with the with the illustration having such an open brief
1: i think it was the right amount of description for this project because the most inspiration still came from the poems themselves and it was great being able to work in my own style and visualize the poems in this way because i instantly got the ideas and i was really grateful that they were not changed in any drastic matter. Uh, The automatic drawing technique really helped me in that as well, that I wasn't constrained by a lot of demands of what it has to be. And I really appreciate that.
0: I've been in the arts for a long time and I've worked with lots of people where it's like, you know, you don't get any of your own say. So I did want to have you both to have some creative freedom within the constructs of the idea. So I'm I'm pleased with that. Um, Did you feel that as well, Peter? Uh, absolutely yeah you know you you were
2: you were open to me throwing out ideas and if if they didn't work you'd say so but um but actually that was very refreshing and (laughs) quite a nice challenge that it was it was kind of building this world from the ground up um with with no restrictions in some ways as long as it it served the served the poetry so for me it was it was really lovely to work on actually
0: the quiet grows blood red and is consumed by an ochreous threat that sweeps closer and closer until the tree's power is overwhelmed, engulfed by cosmic flames. work on sound for film. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a combination of documentary and then animated films. And actually, this turned out. I didn't know this when I started, but it kind of turned out it to be a kind of a perfect blending of the two. I can't remember is it episode 3 or 4 where um it has a very kind of documentary feel certainly from from the music side of things when we go through the clouds and and there's the opal lakes and things I felt like it was a really nice fusion of the animation style which is often quite kind of hectic in ta- at times and and moves every, you know every 30 seconds or so it can be quite rapidly moving between ideas but then
0: the documentary where where I got to kind of just sit back and and paint a broader picture perhaps I suppose that maybe comes from my own experience making documentaries, so that probably feeds into the writing. The nut owl listens and watches as wind whips up the planet's atmosphere into clouds. Clouds that swim the planet's skies like fish. And below them a sparkling sea of sunshells dominates the sand. So with the sound design you took to some foley art, which is where you make your own sound effects. My favourite's the paint can, which you posted about <laughs> online, but um did you have a favourite yeah. or or Tell us about it.
2: I should, probably, I should probably explain how that. So midway through the project, um, so these were released every couple of weeks. And about three episodes in, I'd kind of used up a lot of my initial kind of crinkly noises and cracking and that kind of thing that were the core of the nuttall. And I was renovating part of my studio and picked up a very old pot of paint and discovered that it had gone completely solid, but made quite an interesting rattling noise. So it I think it was the, the debris crunching episode um that ended up being uh, a pot of Dulux paint combined with various other bits and bobs what else did we have we had some some solar lights and various other things that kind of make clicky noises that were all recorded in my studio obviously with lockdown it's been a bit tricky getting getting out and recording but actually this project certainly the detailed stuff i could all do from my studio just using household objects um which again was a nice challenge looking around the house and trying to find anything that might make an interesting
0: noise Debris crunches under the weight of itself and star matter foams to the surface. Gabby, I just wanted to ask you, um, what did you think when you heard everything together and saw your work up there?
1: I was really proud. I was so proud to see my illustration on on the cover and when I listened to it, I just thought it came together so flawlessly. Your narration and the sound was really amazing. I really, really enjoyed the the music in it and I think it gave it such an engaging feeling. Like I could really see it.
0: I think that as well. I think the music really brought to life these characters. Um, I think it's interesting, actually. When I, when we first,
2: when you know, when when you said you wanted to do a podcast, and my first thought was, this is going to be, you know, people listen to podcasts driving a car or, or on long journeys. Actually, these are such short bursts of escapism. I much prefer listening to them with headphones on or on on good speakers, and and you really get a sense of that complete. You know, you can hear things crackling in your ears, which you just lose if you try and uh, do it seventy miles an hour down the motorway. So, from that sort of things, I think it's also quite an interesting podcast experience that perhaps people might not have have found from other podcasts
1: yeah
0: yeah i think um, i think a lot of people have in their mind the podcast structure you know it's it's an hour talking to your friends Mm. uh, about anything and everything and and you make people laugh and that that's sort of like the stuff that people listen to you know, it's, you've not got the rules of radio, you've not got the broadcast schedule, you've, you've got complete freedom, so I like it to be really out there, you know? Um, mm. And it's a chance to sort of experiment and do th- things that you wouldn't normally do. I don't know what you think about that.
2: Absolutely. I mean, again, from, from that side of things, it was really fun to try and be creative with the medium as well. Yeah.
0: Formidable stars pour through the vortex coming together in the shape of a great bull. Unable to anchor themselves, they are pulled closer to the Star Guardian. The frightened whale fights and retreats. But the nut owl simply embraces the power of the storm. And either of you have any questions for me in regards to the writing? Because when I pitched this to radio, everyone thought I was absolutely insane. <laughs> and, I, and I was just sort of like, oh, I didn't think that it was that insane. So <laughs> I'm interested to hear what you guys thought. Is this something you've been working on as a series
2: for a long time? Or was it kind of a one episode thing that you started off and then thought, oh, I could add a few things.
0: And it's been a, a long... A long slog to get it to here. <laughs> well, um, the the first thing I did was I bought this gourd carving, which um, at a craft fair. That's the one that Gabby was talking about when I was showing her for the illustrations. Like it's this sort of thing that I'm thinking in my head. Mm. Um, and basically, it was you know I, ha- I I kept looking at it on the side of my shelf, and I thought imagine if that had a whole world of its own and um, all of these characters that were disparate objects flying through space. What would they think of life if it was given to them and what would they make of existence? Um, So that's where the idea came from. That was when I was 19. Um, I'm 29 now. From there, I sort of was trying to think of what to do with these characters, and then I thought it could be a book or a story or something... And then I started studying radio and thought I will do it at university. And I tested it out and it didn't really work. There was something not quite there. And I was trying to give them a voice. And I thought, but I'm thinking of them as objects. So maybe they don't have a voice. And maybe that's the whole thing that it's just one big existential crisis. Everything is internal. And they're trying to make sense of everything without being able to communicate. I also wanted that human element taken completely away from the story. um, That these Mm. are objects in space.
2: Did you have a favorite episode?
0: I think my favorite is episode four when they arrive at, when the Nadal arrives at the the planets where the Stone Whale is. Uh, it's really strange because I think that's the episode where not a lot is really happening. Like you say, it's sort of documentary style, you know, flying across, finding these creatures, going to the lake and finding the lake, and that's basically the premise of it. But I just like the visuals in that. I think. And from under, huge humped creatures emerge from their slumber. They run, thundering towards a nearby lake. The Nutile follows.
1: It was really interesting drawing the giants because like I had no idea what he looked like.
0: <laughs> Me uh, either, so <laughs> <laughs> well
2: done on that <laughs> that's definitely one i went to the arts to to try and work out what would these giants sound like or or you know how big are they and how scary are they are they monsters or are they actually quite gentle giants
1: <laughs> yeah, i thought it turned out to be a bit uh more like gentle giants kind of an amorphic form i uh, really loved working on that illustration in particular
2: it's, it's like a scene out of a film, whereas the others, you know, there's a lot going on and actually it could be three or four scenes. Mm. So perhaps, you know, there's a bit more of a flow to that one, certainly with the music, my side of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, think, I think my favourite's
2: the underwater one, <laughs> the uh, with the uh, snails and things sizzling and, and all the rest. Um, I think that was the most fun to work on. Just below the
0: surface, a shadow rises. And upon the nut owl noticing it, it retreats, delving deep. The nut owl decides to investigate, diving once again into the unknown.
2: And how did it feel for you when, so you've you've got this idea in your head and you approach me and Gabby and we start sending stuff in, was it as you
0: imagined it straight away or, or was it very different from how you originally thought it would be? The the illustration was pretty spot on, I have to say, and we had some tweaks, didn't we, Gabby? But it was, and and also you brought a lot of new things to it that I hadn't thought of, because I hadn't really thought how how the stone wheel would look or what the creatures mm-hmm. would look like. I just sort of had a rough idea, so you really brought those to life, and
1: yeah, it was really interesting working on them, and uh, because you know I had some things in my mind, and maybe like we didn't have a very concrete idea of you know, what the Stone Whale looks like or the Star Guardian looks like. But yeah, it was really interesting just combining those ideas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with the music, it was actually more than I expected really because um, I had never worked with a musician before and I thought, because I wanted it to sound like a film. I, I think I said that at mm. the beginning. I, I think of it visually. And so to try and do that in audio was really great, I think.
2: I mean, one of the biggest balancing acts I had was with the mix in particular, you know, you've got all these, uh, you know, there's lots of water, there's lots of wind noise. The nut owl flying through the air is is skiing noises, um, but it, all of these things can sound quite white noisy <laughs> by the end of it. So it's how do I make sure that everything isn't fighting for space without it kind of falling flat? The music helped that a lot, actually, that sometimes I just kind of cut the sound design when it was a bit white noisy and just made sure that it kind of s- s- uh, sat in nicely around your um, lovely poetry. It was it was really fun to, to try and kind of sort that dance between the two.
0: <laughs> and Gabby, did you have any challenges working on this?
1: My biggest challenge was that I am working in black and white and upon hearing the poems upon reading them, you know, such a story of figures flying through multiverse through dimensions through space you know could be told very easily using multicolor, you no bright vivid colors as i guess we're used to see uh, Mm -hmm. in such fantastic stories but i thought it was really interesting yet that you chose my style as like a black and white style and how best i could find that balance of the contrasting shapes to make us, you know, like a really striking illustration that would depict what's going on, but I found it a really pleasant challenge.
0: <laughs> I never actually thought of it like that because some of the descriptions are like the sound of color and all of this madness, and you then I'm thinking Gavi is working in black and white. I've not even considered that. <laughs> So I do apologise for that challenge.
1: <laughs> oh, no worries at all. I found it very interesting. I thought it turned out really good. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: great. Uh, we're actually working on the next lot now, aren't we? And we were. And this one is very like um, the sky is moving, and there's a lot of movement in it. So, mm-hmm. so you, have has your approach to it changed having
2: now heard season one? Do you think?
1: Just listening to all of the season one, and now doing further illustrations i found it a bit easier i guess because now i kind of know what type of journey the nut owl is on hearing Mm. it together with music maybe taking more of the inspiration from the music itself as well like it's flown out of myself more naturally i guess
0: for me i feel like the idea is more cemented now Um, whereas before we were all working blind and it was sort of like a vague artistic (laughs) idea and I was like I don't know if this is going to work, if people are going to understand this. It's knowing that it makes sense because it was so disparate and everything was all over the place. I feel like now I'm very focused. Drifting far from the beginning a powerful feeling of singularity washes over the Nuttall. And passing crystals offer reflection. The Nuttall took that offer, calmly staring into itself, baffled at the idea of being. The unknown began to unravel, revealing its nature. Thanks both for joining me today. Where can people find your work? I'll start with you, Gabby.
1: I'm on Instagram and that's my only social media for now. Gabby underscore geek art.
0: And you, Peter?
2: Uh, So I'm on Instagram, Peter Bauman Composer. um, And I also have my website where I put all
0: of my stuff, um, which is uh, peterbauman.co.uk. And I'm on everything at Stewie Artwork. (laughs) And I look forward to working with you on season two.